Ladybirds! Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that 40% of plastic produced is packaging used just once and then discarded? Our guest today is the Executive Director of CNEXUS, the Innovation Center at the Sustainable City, Dubai. He has held many high-profile sustainability positions in the MENA region, including the World Bank, EcoDit, and Executive Council of the Government of Dubai. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Karim El Jasser. Thank you. Thank you, Mariska. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Karim, how did your sustainable journey start? I think we have to go back about 30 years or so. I was... Uh, I would say I was just 10 and I had moved, I used to live in, in Lebanon and then at the time we had some uh, unrest in the country and so we we moved to Denmark where my mom comes from and I used to visit in the summer. But then I had a long stretch in Denmark and I think this was really my immersion in, in sustainability and everything to do with Denmark then and today is so closely linked to sustainability and yet at the time, we probably never called it, we didn't coin it sustainability. So from the minute that you land, the way, even in the in 1980s, the shopping bag was frowned upon, you know, the plastic shopping bag, and you would have to buy it. All the bottles would return to the supermarkets, and I was a bottle boy for a couple of years. This is how I made money. All the newspapers were recycled. Everybody was bicycling. It was uh, second nature to grow food somewhere in the backyard and at my grandmother's country house. So we had our strawberries and... Uh, and potatoes, etc., etc. So I think this lifestyle was really the, the beginning of my journey. And so today we are here in the beautiful, sustainable city, and there's a lot of things that the city has done to be more sustainable. Can you please share a few of those things with us? Well, we, we do a lot. The entire city was designed and conceived to be quote-unquote sustainable because sustainability is uh, something that's very difficult to achieve and, uh, and it's not absolute, right? You know, we can be more sustainable, we can be ever more sustainable, but are we ever sustainable enough and I think we can always push the boundaries so this is how this is how we approached it we said instead of only looking at energy or only looking at water we need to consider social economic and environmental sustainability all at once not in succession but all at once and that's how the city was conceived which means when it comes to social well we want to really build a sense of community so community building what's what are the guidelines how do we achieve it well, remove the cars, make the streets narrow, provide shading, provide a lot of public space, you know, manage the public domain. Those were key features to support and enhance social sustainability. What about economic sustainability? How do we make a city affordable? We don't want to be sustainable and then super expensive and exclusive. I think that would defeat the purpose of designing and living in a sustainable community. So, well, we, uh, we were able to design a community that is very energy efficient, which means your energy bills are going to go down. We also have a zero service fee policy policy in the community. So by living here, you don't have to pay, you don't receive an invoice every so many weeks or months to pay for this or that. All of that is absorbed into the business model of the community. And then all the way down to environmental features. It is pedestrianized. You can bike in the community. It is extremely safe. 
you can exercise, practice all sorts of, of sports disciplines. You can sort your waste. In fact, you have to sort your waste. Uh, you will save water. You will conserve water. And uh, you will definitely save energy and produce your own energy. So many features, and we keep adding on those features as well to be more sustainable. That's wonderful. And also, you guys have this whole tree-lined border sustainability. So why? what is the reason behind planting all the trees? That is obviously a contentious point because some people would argue that, you know, we live in a desert, hence uh, there should be no trees or very few trees. In our specific location, there were no trees when the city was built, so we did not sacrifice any trees. But we have to bring trees into that setting uh, to improve the microclimate. So this is, this is the premise. We would like to provide greenery not only for the site and the beauty of, of the community, but to uh, modify the microclimate so that it feels cooler, it feels fresher. Standing in the sun in June is, is, is in Dubai is very difficult, but standing in the shade in June and July is, is almost okay. So it is about providing shading. And we also, the water that we use is all treated sewage effluent. So we're not using tap water or desalination water to irrigate the trees. So we have that circular system. We, it is about resources flowing inside the community. When water comes in, we treat it and we use it again. And then we also improve soil fertility and, and soil texture because when you start in a desert soil, it's very sandy. Yeah. So we provide very organic and, and biological substrates and uh, conditioners to improve the soil made from green waste, for example. So all of that comes together to have a green canopy. And then we also, in the canopy, not only provides shading, but it also attracts birds and reptiles. So we have a lot of chirping birds in the community and we have uh, parakeets as well. Uh, they migrate over the city. Uh, we've seen flamingos as well. So it all ties together. And does the trees also help with the pollution? like to reduce the amount of pollution or have you guys not really well, there, found that much? There, it's difficult to quantify, but there are two kinds of pollution. You have man-made pollution and then you have natural sources of, of, of emissions. So when we talk about natural pollution, in the case of Dubai, we, it's mostly uh, sand, particles. So like today, it's very hazy outside. It's not very windy, but the, uh, the hot air lifts the sand and it stays in suspension. So if you have uh, tree-lined uh, streets and if you have a, an intelligent and lush canopy in the community, then you can trap, you can intercept a lot of those particles. So the trees not only provide shading, but they also capture a lot of the sand and the dust, which improves breathing, right? That's number one. And then for man-made pollution, well, yes, we know that trees, ultimately, they sequester carbon. Uh, which means they, they absorb carbon dioxide, which we emit from cars and from air conditioning, electricity, etc. So if you have more biomass in the city, you're actually uh, shifting carbon dioxide from a gaseous state, which contributes to global warming, to wood, and then eventually to soil. So that's only a benefit. Wow. And um, in the city, you guys have 11 biodomes as well. Why was like the urban farming important? Yeah, most people think we're crazy. So... Uh, <laughs> Why do we want to grow our own food? And that's because we believe that cities have to grow food. We may not be self-sufficient. We may never be self-sufficient within the city boundaries. But growing food for us is really part of the DNA. And, and in fact, food is about social, economic and environmental sustainability. So by having raised plots, by having biodomes, because we grow food inside and outside the biodomes. The biodomes are temperature controlled, but we also have plots that we distribute, we give out to uh, residents on a first-come, first-served basis so that they can grow their own sweet potatoes and cauliflower in season. And the reason for that is, well, you engage people. 
people connect. It gives a, a sense of community. When you start growing your food, you appreciate the cycle of life. Yeah. Otherwise, people, our children are going to say bananas come from the supermarket and potatoes come from the, the marketplace, right? Whereas they need to trace it back. And I think it's important to establish those connections and show people where does food come from. That's, so that's we have a productive landscape and then we have the, the farming practices as well. And um, so solar energy is also becoming more popular and has evolved in the last few years. What is the latest trends in the solar energy? And you guys are using quite a lot here as well. Well, uh, th this country is, is, uh, is blessed with uh, an infinite amount of radiation and, uh, and sun is therefore extremely predictable. In, in Dubai. So uh, we set out from day one when we designed the city with the objective of building a zero energy community, which means that all the energy that is needed should be produced or matched within the city, city boundaries from renewable sources. So we did a lot, of, a lot of energy modeling and now we estimate we need about 16 million kilowatt hour of electricity per year. To produce that, we need 10 megawatt peak of solar panels. That's about 40,000 modules. Those are the calculations. And so we've so far deployed 6.4 megawatt. That's about 25,000 modules. And yes, so we capture a lot of sun. Those solar shaded rooftops provide shading to the villas as well. So that's double use of the, of the panels. And uh, all of that is being monitored so that we know how much is effectively produced. And we also need, as we know in this part of the world, we have to clean the modules because otherwise they get very dusty, and if they get very dusty, that means efficiency declines. So we have to clean the modules every four weeks. But all of that um, aims to reduce our carbon footprints and being a net zero energy development. How easy is it to clean the, um, the solar panels? Well, so cleaning the modules is um, a, a laborious but easy, relatively easy task. We have three pairs, uh, three teams rotating in the city, and they clean the, uh, the modules, they visit every villa because they need access uh, to go up to the roof and they clean them every four weeks. Okay. And it takes about 45 minutes per villa. Wow. So it's on the villas, the car parks? The car parking is, is an easier job because you can stand at the street level and you have better equipment and you can reach all the modules. In the next development that we're designing, we've learned a lot from, from what we've done so far. And so we need to make cleaning more efficient, more effective, and we can do so by being more robotic. But that depends on the configuration. How do you design the modules? How do you align the rooftops so that the robots can actually move across and clean the modules? So that will happen next time. Oh, sounds very interesting. Really, really keen on seeing what that's gonna look like. Um, you've just returned from a trip to Denmark by 2025, they would like their capital to be the first carbon neutral capital in the world and have already reduced their carbon emissions by 20%. Is there anything else that you find stand out that they are doing? I think the beauty of Denmark and their uh, carbon targets is that it, it looks and it seems uh, effortless. You know, everything is seamless. Obviously, they're working a lot, you know, they're working very hard to achieve it. But when you visit Denmark, or if you live in Denmark, and I used to live there, and now I visit, everything falls into place. Everything appears to be low carbon, and is, in fact, low carbon. And I think what, what strikes me every time I visit, and I visit once a year, are the improvements they make to the uh, biking infrastructure. We, we've always known that uh, Northern Europe, from, from Holland and, and, and Scandinavia, they've always been, you know, bike countries. 
but they keep pushing the boundaries. It is unbelievable. They now have bicycle highways so that they can really capture people from longer distances into the cities and keep it safe. Uh, today, uh, last week when I was there, I saw that they installed like stands and rails along the, at each traffic light so that when you get reach a traffic light, instead of getting off the bicycle and waiting for the green light, you can just lean on the rail and then take off again. They keep making it more and more convenient. And what I notice is that they have no car traffic. So the number, there is, there's a traffic of bicycles, but there is no car traffic. So it's one of those few cities in the world, I would say, that has no car issue. There is very little car pollution in the city. And you just have bicycles everywhere. And the bicycles have evolved a lot as well. They used to be just two wheels. Today they come in three wheels and four wheels. They come, you know, for families. They come for all ages. They come with carts in the front, like on the bucket mm -hmm. bicycle or in the back. And so you can really adapt your lifestyle to any need based on the right bicycle. That's amazing because um, for us living here in the UAE, I can't even remember the last time I got on a bike. That was probably in the gym, um, not, you know, on the road going out. Um, well, interestingly, D Dubai has come a long way when it comes to biking. I think that's a fantastic story. But biking in Dubai is not for transportation. Biking in Dubai is for recreation. And so just eight kilometers from where we are in the sustainable city, you have probably one of the best equipped, the most fascinating cycling courses in the region, which is the Dubai cycling course or the Kudra cycling course. And there you have about more than 100 kilometers of cycling courses and they keep expanding. And those are developed by RTA, the Roads and Transport Authority. And they are solicited by, I would say countless because thousands of cyclists. And so there is really an industry and a passion now for cycling, uh, road biking in Dubai. But as I said, not for transportation, but yeah. for sports and recreation. That's awesome. Well, I hope that we would be able to see more of that in, in the Middle East. Um, that would be wonderful. And um, so speaking of Dubai, Dubai will be the host of what is going to be the most sustainable expo yet in 2020. Not only do they want to be hosting this event, but they're also hoping in becoming one of the most sustainable cities in the world. What are some of the key things in your experience that we as the community can start doing to help our beautiful city to achieve this? Oh, there is so much we can do, but I think we all need to uh, think about how we move in, inside the city, which means every time we, we, we hop in the car, let's think about the car. Can we downsize the car? Do I need the car? Should I drive alone or can I carpool with someone? I think we've all become complacent of, of too much driving and, in dri and driving in something that's way too big. Think about it. A car weighs two tons, a, a large four by four, and you weigh less than 100 or 50 kilos. So you put 50 kilos inside two tons just to move from A to B. Doesn't make sense. We have to downsize or get rid of the cars and obviously push for a better uh, alternative transport. And that is coming. So uh, I think that is something significant we can do. And also, we th I think, I believe we should edit our shopping choices. Every time we go shopping somewhere, we need to think twice about it. Do we need it? And am I purchasing the right product? I think those would make a huge impact on society. Definitely. I think especially if I just look at, you know, the fruit and vegetable bags, for instance, you know, um, I don't think people think even twice about it. They just use it in one banana or, you know, one tomato. So, yeah, to ask yourself, is that really necessary? That's some great advice. Yeah, what has been one of your most important decisions that you have made around Mama Earth? 
Oh, so many decisions, right? They, they keep coming. <laughs> I would say um, working close to home. Uh, I think this changes our lifestyle. If you have the opportunity, perhaps, you know, very few people have such an opportunity. But in my case, I was able to land a job where I live and, and vice versa, live where I work. Uh, and that has been life-changing, and which means I get to see the family a little bit more frequently. I spend less time commuting. My carbon footprint drops considerably as well. And I think that's an advice for everybody to pursue. But obviously society needs to change. Society needs to think in those ways. We need to work and live within the vicinity of an area of the city and not be too spread out because that really works against uh, quality of life. So I think that, that has been very significant. Something on a very small scale, which has a big impact, it's also just putting aside all that toxic waste we actually generate at home, uh, such as uh, old cell phones and batteries, just the regular AAA batteries, etc. Those must never end up in the waste bin. And we have to find alternative places and disposal methods. Recently, we had a, a very interesting program and a campaign that visited the sustainable city, collecting e-waste, and they sell it to actually generate money, and then they buy food, which is airdropped to very poor communities in Africa. And so we had a couple of phones and uh, other electronics that was passed along, and that generated the equivalent of 50 meals and those are being airdropped somewhere in Africa. So I think that is significant. And now we're gonna move on to our final five. So it's just gonna be quick answers that you can just give me. So the first one is, what is one social media account that you follow? I'm not so active on, in social media, but here's one I do follow, which is Nat Geo on, on Instagram. Awesome. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? My hope and my wish is that Mama Earth is going to give us, is going to be kind enough to give us a little bit more time for us to fix all the mistakes we've done so that Mama Earth can be uh, in a better shape. And time is running out, so I, I do hope Mama Earth is going to extend that time needed for us to fix it. Uh, what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? Drive less. What is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? Look at your thermostat. If it's too, too hot, then perhaps you know there's too much heating. If it's too cold, then obviously there's too much cooling. And in both cases, your carbon footprint goes up. I think we need to manage that and, and find that thermal comfort, which is okay, even if we have to put on a sweater or actually take off our suit. <laughs> <laughs> And where can people find you? Uh, you can find me in the gym. You can find me, uh, actually, no, more often you can find me on the Dubai cycling course. I'm often there with other people. Otherwise, I'm reachable by email. I do have an Instagram account as well. And, uh, and in the near future, anytime, actually, you can visit us in the sustainable city. That's where I work. And we would be pleased to uh, show you our community and uh, hopefully inspire replication. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, agreeing to this interview and for telling us a little bit more about yourself as well as the city. And I can't wait um, for people to actually come and visit the city and see for themselves what it's all about. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, yes, please come again to the sustainable city in Dubai. 
that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday with a bonus Top Tip Thursday every Thursday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.